ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. This is the Victorian Country Hour on ABC Radio Victoria. G'day, Angus Furley here. Welcome to the Country Hour. Just a short half-hour show today that will squeeze into the lunch break of the cricket. And we have got plenty to squeeze in. Coming up shortly, we'll cross to our reporter at International Dairy Week in Tatura and get all the latest from what is the largest dairy event in the Southern Hemisphere. You'll also hear from a farmer in the West Wimmera who measured 86 mils in little more than an hour last night. You can get in touch about the weather at your place, 0467 842 Send us your rainfall figures or anything else you like for that matter. A little bit different for the country hour today with our short lunch break in the cricket show. Let's head first to the Bureau. Joanna Hughes, Senior Forecaster, is on the line. Good afternoon, Joanna. Good afternoon, Angus. How are you doing? Bit wet, I would imagine. Well, yeah, I'm not sure if you heard me say that, but a farmer out there north of Neil, 86 mils overnight in, in little more than an hour, Joanna. Yeah, it's uh, it's been pretty wet out there. What we've got in, in the gauge for, for Neil in the 24 hours, 9am this morning was uh, 20 millimetres, but we did have a, um, a portable gauge um, to the sort of north and slightly west that, uh, that did record tw- uh, 77 millimetres, so we haven't um, sort of double-checked the... Uh, um, the stats on that one, but uh, yeah, certainly very wet and elsewhere across Victoria in the 24 hours to 9am this morning, um, we had some pretty healthy totals, so broadly 20 to 30 millimetres up to 9am this morning through parts of western and central Victoria, um, some of the, the higher totals there now, there are some names of places here that I'm not quite sure how to pronounce, so uh, bear with me on that, but uh, we had 49 millimetres in the gauge at, um, I don't know if it's Wallora, Wallara? Wallora, yeah, spot on. Wallora, yeah, so 49 for Wallora, um, 39 millimetres in the gauge at, um, at Cars Plain on the Richardson River, um, and 36 in the gauge at uh, Rapunyip, if I'm getting that pronunciation correct there as well. Oh, Rapunyip, uh, but close enough. Rapunyip. <laughs> Close enough, yeah. And then since 9am this morning, obviously that rain band is still making its way across the state. So um, through some of the parts of uh, sort of northeast Victoria, we've seen some pretty decent totals even since 9am in the sort of um, few hours that we've had in between. So for Greta South, we've ticked up to 37 millimetres. For Greta West, 32. Uh, for Mount Wombat, 32 millimetres in the gauge. And, and similarly, uh, this rain band as it's passing across, sort of averaging about 20... 20 to 30 millimetres with uh, rain rates of, sort of 10 to 15 millimetres per hour and just making its way across the state. Um, and we've seen a few thunderstorms embedded in that so far. Um, and there is a potential for um, some more thunderstorm activity within that. I can see on the, um, on the satellite at the moment, we've got a few sparks. So uh, that's continuing throughout this afternoon. And we do have the potential for some heavy rainfall associated with those storms, particularly up in northeastern Victoria. So there is a severe weather warning current um, for sort of places anywhere northeast of Mansfield, extending um, to, to Albury Wodonga as well, and sort of southwards up into just the very northern parts of Gippsland. So um, keep your keep yourselves uh, in the know and uh, keep an eye out for any severe thunderstorm warnings that will be issued with that as well. In terms of what's happening over the next few days, that uh, that front that's moving across, thankfully, is um, is just 
cruising its way out into the Tasman Sea tomorrow. So um, in terms of severe weather, there's not too much on the cards over land tomorrow. It is going to be pretty gusty over coastal areas, but otherwise uh, pretty run-of-the-mill shower activity, mostly on and south of the ranges in the southwesterly flow in the wake of that system after it's passed across, um, and then remaining pretty dry up in northern parts of the state. And we do have um, high fire dangers tomorrow as well, so that's for the northwest and north-central parts of the state. In terms of the maximum temperatures tomorrow, looking fairly cool to mild in the wake of that that cold front as it's moved across, leaving some cool air over the state. So sitting around the mid-20s up in northern parts of the state, um, sort of grading down to the low 20s in in southern parts. And as we head into uh, Friday, those temperatures start to tick up a little bit and, yeah, just a shower or two in the south, nothing much to write home about. And those winds remaining fairly strong um, in eastern parts of uh, the coastal waters. And then by Saturday, it's looking very settled and the, the temperatures do really start to tick up again there. So getting up to 35 degrees for Mildura on Saturday um, and, yeah, sort of low 30s in other parts um, and, yeah, getting up pretty high in the in the northwest there with those temperatures in the, uh, the sort of mid-30s up there. Otherwise, mid-20s for southern parts of the state and uh, a very dry day on the cards for both Saturday and Sunday as well. We might see, yeah, a couple of little specks of, um, of shower activity around the south, but uh, we've pretty much dominated by ridgy conditions for the next few days um, and looking much more settled. Uh, and it's uh, just those temperatures continuing to creep up. So for Sunday, we're getting up into the higher 30s up in the north and uh, kind of getting into higher 20s in the south. Um, and then Monday, we're sort of lingering in similar sort of temperatures. By the time we get to Tuesday, we're breaking the 40 mark up in the northwest. So getting up to 40 degrees for Mildura, 39 for Swan Hill and uh, similar up in other parts in the north and sort of getting into the the low to mid-30s for southern parts of the state. That's for for Tuesday. And then as we head into into Wednesday, um, those those warm temperatures remaining as we've got that kind of northerly flow ahead of the next system that's coming through. So I guess to cut a long story short, um, still pretty wet over eastern parts of the state for the remainder of the day, otherwise looking dry and just partly cloudy. And uh, that easing trend tomorrow, and then it's sort of a, a gradual heating trend from Friday and into next week. And Joanna, with that rain front making its way across the state today, once it once that front passes, will that be it for the rain or could storms uh, persist behind it? It's looking pretty calm in the wake of, of the front at the moment, um, so I'm not really expecting much extra activity. It wouldn't rule out completely, you know, a rogue storm <laughs> popping up just to just to prank me because I've said it live on radio that it's not going to happen. But, um, yeah, no, it's uh, in, in the wake of that front, it's uh, looking pretty settled, all the... the cloud is looking pretty flat on top on the satellite image at the moment so yeah indicating that's probably that once that band is passed maybe a shower or two but uh, otherwise pretty pretty settled and it is it is well it's still going but already it is yet another very significant rain event isn't it with some of those totals that that i mentioned and that you mentioned earlier as well yeah, those um, those totals have definitely ticked up again. It's a, another case of that tropical moisture being drawn down over Victoria and, um, yeah, making it pretty humid and pretty wet. Okay, thanks, Joanna. No problem at all. Have a, have a good rest of your short lunch break. I will. The <laughs> we better keep moving. Thanks, Joanna. Until later. See ya. That was Joanna Hughes there. Yeah, running through... What, well, this time last week or late last week even, a lot of uncertainty about this rain event and whether there would be much rain at all, but 
obviously quite clearly now it's been very substantial for some people and some figures on the text line anthony at coal rain says g'day angus yesterday in coal rain we had 10 mils at lunchtime then seven o'clock last night we got another 28 mils two very quick and loud storms rod at mulca says just stopped raining here 16 mils and this one person acknowledging a second-hand report but nonetheless they say yesterday at murrabit 140 mils in 15 minutes. That's extraordinary. Uh, if you were on the receiving end of that, I'd love you to get in touch on the text line, 0467 842 But let's hear now about the rain in the West Wimmera because at Yannick South, north of Nil, Brett Wheaton received so much rain in such a short time he had water running in places where it hasn't been seen since the 1970s. I had a chat with him this morning. Yeah, we had a superstorm, Angus. Um, we had 86 mil in about an hour and a quarter um, in, a, in a reasonably narrow strip. Some of our farm is quite flooded, and then some of the farm on the high ground's not. But, yeah, it rains from an, like a, an inch of rain, 26 mil to, to 86. 86 in, in an hour and a bit? That's ridiculous. Yes, the, the, uh, a group of us stood on the Neil Yannick Road watching the water flow across the road and there was a number of trees down in the SES and High Marsh Isle there clearing that and it was just well, the water just couldn't get away quick enough I haven't seen water flowing like this since the when we was kids on the school bus in the 70s is that right so even with all this wet weather we've been having to, to this point you've had nothing like this rain no not at all we've been actually very lucky over our harvest period we've had probably four or five rain events um, but able to get through the harvest you know with well, we had no downgrades um, at all and we were able to um, manage to get through and finish by Christmas Eve, but um, this has actually capped it off. We've been spraying like mad ever since then, so since the 17th of December, actually, and it's, it's just... There's water laying where I've never seen it before. And you mentioned your, your summer spraying, Brady. You're sort of gonna, going to have to sit there and watch the weeds grow for a while before it dries out and you can get on your paddocks? Uh, some of them will, Angus. I think the I think the flood of water will actually probably be just as good as the sprayers. Um, well, we're doing it, but we've already sprayed well, quite a fair bit up till date. But I'm going to have to go back on our NLB block and re-spray now. That was four weeks ago, and that's it's all back germinating again now. So there'll be a, there'll be a second summer spray there, and probably be a third, I would say. And then on the other hand of that, for for the grazing guys, like we've got a lot of land in Tilapia Downs. The, the cattle farm and the lucerns and, you know, all out there are just loving this rain. Like, the amount of feed that's actually on, on that country is just fantastic, but it also brings weeds, of course. Yeah, there's good and bad in, in all of it. Um, the best part about it, um, to date now, without losing any more, you know, topsoil and flooding, I'm a bit worried about what our, uh, I suppose, our vets country and our beans and that stuff, they'll be washing with this rain now. But, you know, our, our profile was full and set up for next year, which is literally fantastic. So, you know, this year, on the calendar year from last season, we only had 265 mil of rain for the whole year, and we've actually had 260-something in December. So, you know, it just, it's unbelievable. You, you, you cannot just believe the turnaround we've had in, you know, in weeks. And who knows what will happen from, from here on out, Brett, but I mean, the, the way the climate's been behaving, I don't think anyone would be surprised if, if it stayed wet. So have you got any concerns about 
fast forward a few months uh, if it is still wet trying to get the crop in? I was talking to my agronomist yesterday about that. Um, yes, it's going to be a challenge. Like, without thinking about this rain we've just had, from here on in, if we got, you know, an opening rain and even got a small rain in February, March, would have, uh, there'll be wet spots in paddocks again that we will probably not be able to get on. So, you know, cropping's going to be an issue, let alone logistically now, can you get gypsum? Can you drive in your paddock? Can you cart it? Yeah, where can you go? Like, you couldn't drive a truck anywhere on our farms now. Just around the traps, Brett, talking to your neighbours and friends, etc. Is everyone just sort of bewildered by by how wet this this summer has been? Particularly when everyone, I think, had sort of assumed it would be would be drier rather than wetter. I, I actually can't believe the situation we're in now. Like, it's 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 enormous, and um, the spray is just going to be zinging around the paddocks everywhere, trying to you know um, control the weed issue. We like we've got um, barley that was um we had sheep in that we we've just sprayed out because it was running up that fast because we haven't been able to control everything quick enough in time so yeah need a holiday well and and on that note this this should be holiday time for you i suppose but (laughs) as you say got to keep that sprayer going i think everyone's going to be um probably stretched again this year um, there's, there's a lot happening in a short amount of time, Angus, and like you said, it's normally a, a bit of a downtime, and you, you do a bit of planning and holiday making and those can go fishing or whatever you want to do, but uh, some of our crew's already gone on holidays, that's fine, but um, we all can't go away because we've got too much going on. That was Brett Wheaton, who farms at Yannick, south north of Nell, and he measured 86 mils in little more than an hour, he told us last night. Let us know at your place what it has been like or what it's like right now or or what's coming up for you in terms of the rain as that front makes its way across the state. The text line is 0467 842 722. The Victorian Country Hour on ABC Radio Victoria. Well, let's talk dairy now and cross to our reporter Faith Tavaluyan who's at International Dairy Week in Tatura. Faith, how's it all going? It's going great, Angus. Afternoon. And yes, I am here in Tatura for International Dairy Week, as you mentioned. And it is actually the biggest dairy event in in the Southern Hemisphere. So uh, that was fun for me to find out, Angus. And uh, as you can probably hear at the moment, um, I'm right next to the show ring where we've just about wrapped up the Jersey show. And so we had uh, the champion from from Tennyson in Victoria. Uh, And as you can also probably hear, um, there's plenty of chatter with uh, farmers catching up um, right next to me and uh, stall holders having lots of chats with locals and kids running around too. Um, So yeah, that's kind of where we're at at the moment and it is day three of International Dairy Week and at the moment I'm joined by Hayden Hollis from AgriCore. So um, afternoon Hayden and uh, yeah would you just like to introduce yourself for our Country Hour listeners? Yeah g'day my name's um, Hayden Hollis and I'm the director of AgriCore. Great and so first of all Hayden what's what's the week been like so far for you? Yeah it started off very warm and humid so this uh, rain from a comfortability factor is very much welcome. Yeah, so it's been a very good week and, um, yeah, interesting meeting the exhibitors and seeing the attendees turn up, yeah. 
And uh, you've just also delivered a, a seminar on feedstuffs. So can you tell me a bit about a bit about that? Yeah, so I've just held the uh, seminar uh, talking about no two fields or feedstuffs are alike. Uh, dairy week's been a very important week for us as we've introduced the world of uh, precision livestock feeding and changing that world. So what that means is having live analysis of feedstuffs either by a handheld system or by full feed mixes and what that means is that guys can actually see what their analysis is there and then on machines rather than waiting the first 14 days to get the results. And uh, as you mentioned Hayden, I guess we've been having some pretty um, unpredictable weather, even today we got a bucket load of rain this morning, um, so how does that affect kind of um, how dairy farmers go about getting, um, yeah, looking after feedstuffs, the feedstuff side of things? Yeah, so this rain um, from a summer crop perspective on dairy farms has has really put them behind on either early planted stuff and, and applications with nitrogen. Um, it's also affected late emergence for, for the later summer crop that's been planted. Um, water usage from an irrigation front's been very minimal because of the, you know, the large volumes that have, they've had in the last two, three weeks. So when this, I guess the key factors are when this weather clears is how do we take advantage of the moisture we, or the irrigation that we haven't used to get the yield benefit. So really looking at nitrogen, particularly on the leaching factor, um, if we have to come back and top up, because these are the years where we can take advantage of conditions to get the yield benefit. And in the tough years, these are the ones we need to get to make sure we've got enough feedstuffs in, in sheds, yeah. And so we, we touched on weather, but what are the other challenges that you see dairy farmers facing when it comes to homegrown uh, forage and everything? Yeah, so um, the challenges are in, in conditions like this is, is soil nutrition. So if we get too much rain and the leaching factors there is that we have to, or the, the feedstuffs actually get diluted and particularly in things like protein. So the pressure that's going to apply to people to source outside protein sources will be greater. So it's really important to come back and check, check what our protein or our nitrogen analysis are in crops. Um, and if we have to top up, get that on in a timely fashion so we can avoid as much brought in protein as we can. Great. And um, I guess, uh, uh, is this the first time that you've been at uh, International Dairy Week or you're a bit of a veteran coming down here to Tatura? Uh, no, we're, this is our first time attending Dairy Week. Uh, we support a lot of dairy farms in our consultancy side of the business, so it was a natural fit for us to come and, and support them back um, and, and particularly look at expanding this market. Um, dairy farmers are probably the most efficient group of farmers seeing their production every day and to look at new ideas and adopting technology um, there's a lot people can learn from speaking to them and and getting amongst it yeah great and um you'll hopefully be back in tatura because you're from Tam tamworth in new south wales so and but you've got a tatura connection yeah so um we're definitely looking at coming back down to the tatura um we've got a presence now in a facility down here so expanding that, that market's going to be very um, interesting. Um, we're quite fortunate we've been able to spend some time with some local farmers um, in one of the local pubs. So it's been definitely interesting hearing how they've been approaching um, their conditions, um, looking at things in different perspectives. And, you know, we all bring something to the table. And I think that's the beauty of VAG. Everyone can have an open mind and we can all learn something from one another. Well said. Well, thank you so much, Hayden. And um, Angus, that's, that's, I guess, the wrap from International Dairy Week here in Tatura. So back to you. Just before I let you go, Faith, just tell me a bit more about 
I guess because I was there last year and it was a real eye-opener for me having not had a lot to do with, with the dairy industry before but just, just seeing people's passion for their, their animals and, and for the industry generally it was really fascinating. It sure is and it is a, it's been a bit of a steep learning curve for me Angus because I don't come from a, a dairy or an ag background um, actually so um, yeah but just seri- seeing all of the exhibitors come out and there's been a lot of cheering when the champions have been announced as well and it's obviously a, a big team effort and uh, we also chatted to some young people involved in a new program called the uh, Cows Create Careers program and they were also super keen so there's a lot of um, yeah like you mentioned a lot of enthusiasm in the industry and the the judging aspects of it as well you mentioned the Jersey show is on tomorrow and uh, on today sorry and then the, the, the overall champion awarded uh, tomorrow and then I think is, is tonight the the auction Yes, tonight is the big sale, that's right, Angus, and um, yeah, so we've had a bunch of shows on, so we, yeah, had the Jersey show earlier this morning, and the Holstein show, I believe, is going to start this afternoon, so yeah, stay tuned for that. All right, well, I will let you go and track down some lunch, which I'm sure will be delicious, always is at those sorts of events. Yes, it sounds like a plan. Thanks, Angus. Faith Tabalooyan there, joining us from International Dairy Week in Tatura. Uh, we took the country hour there last last year. This year we've sent out new Wodonga-based reporter there, uh, filling the shoes of Annie Brown for this year, Faith Tabalooyan uh, in the chair over there. Good to get that insight. It is four minutes to one, which means we've got nine minutes uh, nine minutes to go on the country hour instead of four minutes. We'll go through to 1.05 and then we'll head back to the cricket. The Victorian Country Hour on ABC Radio Victoria. Let's talk sheep and lamb prices now because, of course, that drop did catch people off guard last year, that big drop in prices, as has the the big upswing in prices. At the Livestock Exchange in sale yesterday, prices were up about 50% on just a month ago. Our reporter Fiona Broom dropped into the sale yards to find out if people expect that uptrend to continue. Hey, anyway, let's get down to business here. Hey, good panel lambs up, Dave. There you go. Set your money for them. Today was 188. To, hey. And I got 80 hey. in. Lady got 80 out. 80 over. Hit 180. 180 go to. Right off the bat at the lamb sales here at the Gippsland Regional Livestock Exchange, it's clear prices have taken a major turn on last year's record lows. There's about 1,200 lambs on offer from those heavy lambs that you just heard there through to trade and light lambs plus a handful of mutton. And producers who were selling or just listening in say the results are a little unexpected, but they're certainly welcome after last year. I wish you all the best here, 2024. Righto, there you are, pride of place, the Collins lambs out of Woodside, ladies and gentlemen. They roll on a few pens of singles, ladies and gentlemen. As we get a little bit lighter, they start to pen them all together. There you go, good pen of lambs, aren't they? Fair bit of weight there, too. Set your money to mark. I've gone for them, 170, 70, 65 or 60. Got out of it, 160. One, two, three, four. Gone now, yep. five, six, seven, eight. Here with me. 68, the money you're gone now. Well, nine, 69, 70, one, 72. 72, 172, quick down. Well done, got a Here's livestock manager Morgan Davies. Yeah, no, first sale back. Um, very, very positive result. We all know it's been trending a little bit dearer, but it's bouncing off a pretty substantial low. Uh, so to get some sort of more value for your lambs, it's certainly, certainly uh, very pleasing heading in the right direction anyway. What kind of prices were we getting today? 
Look, let's go pre-Christmas. Pre-Christmas, a lot of lamb selling, you know, carcass weight, $5. It was hard to get more than 120 for a heavy lamb, 120, 130 in Gippsland. Um, with $5 a kilo to $5.50 being about the range, right, we get past Christmas and, um, you know, now we're seeing lambs making $7 to $7.40 or $50, um, which is certainly a, it's a good result from where we were for sure. Yeah, certainly six months ago we were having a chat at Bensdale and I think prices were low as sort of $40 a head or something around that time? Yeah, it wasn't very exhilarating. But no, it's certainly changed and it's just classic supply and demand. Um, when the spring runs uh, with lambs, a lot of lambs come all at once and everything starts to slow down. Um, everyone's there's still, you know, a lot of uh, requirement for lamb. It's just there's less of them to buy in the marketplace. So it's certainly um, trending dearer, which is good. But we're coming off a very big low. I probably want to emphasise that it was pretty tough going for a lot of cockies uh, through most of last year anyway. Is it a case now that the prices have come good or is it more that just the, they're just better than they were last year? Uh, the requirement for lambs, um, a, a massive sell-off of stock. It did get pretty dry in various parts of Australia uh, middle of last year, East Gippsland being one of those places but it certainly was it was dry uh, didn't help when there was massive promotion um, of an El Nino, which probably hasn't necessarily occurred, which played into a lot of uh, the meat works and processors' hands, really. So certainly, um, I think the unease about the weather uh, flooded the market with lambs um, at very innocuous times for those lambs to be absorbed. So they, it got hard to sell them, yeah. Yeah, there was certainly a lot of chat here amongst the farmers while the sale was going on that the rain came as a surprise and that perhaps they wouldn't have made as many sales last year if, if they'd known the rain was coming. Yeah, it's a classic example of um, what you don't know, you don't know. Um, I think, you know, we can blame various things, but, yeah, I, I, I think with a solid season, it usually helps really everything, including uh, mental, mental health as well. Do you expect this trend to sort of continue over the next weeks, months? Oh, yeah, we do. I think there'll be a hiccup along the way. You know, a lot of lambs will come at one one big rush again at some stage. Usually that happens, occurs in about February. Whether or not that does this year, I know there wasn't a lot of lambs returned to the uh, borders feed, feeding lambs to run on for contracts into the middle of the year. So I do think that there probably will be a shorter supply of lambs. So that should indicate that the price uh, will stay like this or might even get a little bit brighter. That was Elders Livestock Manager Morgan Davies speaking with Fiona Broom. Livestock markets now. Before we take you back to the cricket, let's start markets with Leon Gather Cattle with Brendan Fletcher. G'day Angus, there were 700 more at 1820 with all of the regular buyers competing in a dearer market in places. Quality was off in the grown and good in the trade run. Trade cattle lifted 10 to 15 cents, there was more feeder competition. Grown steers and bullocks and manufacturing steers gained 10. Cows sold generally firm, heavy bulls lifted 5 to 10. Veilers sold from 250 to 320, yearling trade steers 280 to 330, the heifer portion 259 to 306, ground steers and bullocks 276 to 305, heavy Friesian steers 240 to 282, crossbreds 266 to 290, most light and medium weight cows 162 to 248, heavyweights 217 to 272, heavy bulls 200 to 270. This is Brendan Fletcher reporting for MLA. Thanks Brendan. Hamilton Lambs now with Chris Agnew. 
Thanks, Angus. Numbers came back this week at Hamilton to 33,000, a decrease of some 6,000 at Hamilton, probably due to the general rain of 30 to 50 mil falling in the area. The quality was good, being predominantly trade weight lambs, and near fulfilled of processes, including both supermarket chains, were all, for, were all uh, present, but not all fully active. The market overall was softer, with most trade lambs being 20 to $25 per head softer, or a loss of 100 cents per kilogram carcass weight. However, lambs back to the paddock remained more resilient to be back only about $10 per head in places, more so for the lambs still in the wool. The best heavy lambs made to 244 with most lambs to the trade, realising between 650 and 710 cents, with lighter lambs to the Middle East orders to make between 630 and 690 cents. Light 12 to 16 kg lambs made from 63 to 148. Lambs to the trade 18 to 22, 127 to 150, 22 to 26 is 145 to 206. At Hamilton, this is Chris Agnew reporting for MLA. Thanks, Chris. Lastly, Horsham with Graham Piner. Good afternoon, everyone. Horsham agents yarded 18,650 sheep and lambs for the largest sale for some time. The usual buying group pretender operated cleanly in a stronger market than the pre-Christmas sales. Medium and heavy trade weight sold from 136 to 184. Heavy lamb sold from 205 to 250. Best of the unshorn lambs from 140 to $200. Merino lamb sold from 97 to 142. Restockers paid from 38 to 145. For shorn lambs from 2 to 64 for light unshorn and from 74 to 133 for the heavier unshorn lambs. A good penning of sheep covered all weights. They sold a stronger competition with more buyer support. Heavy Merino Weathers made to 136, Merino used to 92, Heavy Crossbred used to 103. The Light Trade Lamb sold from 120 to 146, averaging 670. Medium Trade Weights 136 to 161, average 640. Medium Weight Sheep sold from 40 to 76, they've averaged 250. Pockets made to 157. Been Graham Pimer at Horsham Fremelle. Thanks, Graham. Just about it for today's short country hour. Remember the website, abc.net.au slash rural and ABC Rural on Facebook. Five past one, time for the cricket.